Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer from Fantasy Pros. And as always, I am joined by my man, Ryan Gilbert from Odyssey Sports and SGPN. How you doing on this beautiful Friday, Ryan? I'm doing good. It's, it's a weekend. We got baseball back. We got uh, Bryce Harper could play first base as soon as this weekend. We got Rojas called up. It's a, it's a good time to be a baseball fan. Got the second half to uh, kick off here. Should be... An exciting few weeks leading up to the uh, trade deadline, too. Dude, I'm so ready for Bryce Harper to play first base, especially <laughs> since I traded for him in the SGPN League, the Dynasty League. I was a little nervous with him getting hit on the elbow. Mm-hmm. Only a little nervous. I wasn't like overly nervous, but I was still a little nervous. But seeing that he's in the lineup today and they're talking about working him in at first base now, finally. Dude, get him out of having just DH eligibility for the love of God. And, I mean, first base could use it. There's no Reese Hoskins. Jose Abreu sucks. So, I mean, th- there's, there's room in that top 10 for Bryce Harper to slide in there. But, I mean, we're talking second half strategies today. I love episodes like this because me and Ryan kind of get to share uh, more of our insight that we don't normally talk about on here. Just kind of some behind or inside baseball money is fake knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm trying to think of how I want to break this down. I guess first things first, when it comes to second halves, Ryan, uh, do you try and go into, do you try and go into that second half? I have a hard time calling it the second half because we're already like games wise. We're over the, it, the halfway it, point. But, it's the second half though. The, yeah, the, the all-star break splits it up. That's what, that's what people call it. All right. Do, do you come out of the all-star break with kind of a list of guys that you have your eye on that could that you think are going to have success in the second half, or do you kind of just go with the flow out of the all-star break and see how things shake out in like that first week? Yeah. Yeah. More so the latter, more so just like, you know, not necessarily looking at specific guys, but looking at your team and looking at, you know, what do you need? Like what position do you need? What do you need to be targeting? Um, also something like I, I'm looking at is, is saves like saves is, is something that I, I, I have punted in, in some of my leagues here. And like, when you're in the playoffs, you can't punt a category. So when your trade line's <laughs> yeah. coming up, try to get a closer or two for from one of those fringe fringe uh, fringe teams that's not quite in the playoff picture that has like one or two closers that's going to just drop them anyway. So throw them like a, a depth outfielder for a closer, mm-hmm. shore up the uh, the save position there. Same thing with holds too, like and even like stolen bases. Like if you're if you're someone that doesn't really value steals, maybe look at some people in the second half. And, you know, either via trade or free agency that you can get get some good 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 speed from because you don't want to have categories that you you're going into your playoff matchups knowing you're going to lose you you can't because if your stars have a bad week then you're you you can't like get those few extra categories to, to steal mm-hmm. a steal a matchup so that's what makes the the playoffs so great is you know you can have a, a great regular season and then it all comes crashing down in the playoffs so you have to you have to build for <laughs> build for both yeah and i think this is a great time man that was a really good point 
I, I think this is a great time to kind of change up your waiver wire strategy a little bit to to pinpoint some of those categories. Because I think in the first half, you spend a lot of time just trying to figure out like, OK, who's the who's the best guy on the waiver wire that I can just add to my team? Like, who's just the best overall person that I can add? But when you get into the second half, this is this is fucking crunch time. Like this, this is it right here. Like this is, it's a little early to call it the playoff push, but it's the playoff push in fantasy baseball. And you really do need to shore up those, those kind of outlier categories for you that you may have neglected in the first half because they weren't quite as important. But like you said, when you get to the, the, the playoffs, or if you make it to the championship round, if you're just outright punting on a category in a categories league, you're screwed. Like You can't just randomly make that up on like, September 20th, you're not going to add 14 weekly steals to your team all of a sudden to try and shore that up. That's not going to work. And uh, even in the, like the saves department, I have noticed in, uh, as you guys know, I do a lot of points leagues. I love me some points leagues. In years past, the elite closers are always good in a points league because, I mean, they're going to save 40 games. It, that that plays. But uh, even some of like the next tier down closers have become very fantasy relevant in points leagues just here with just how much of a dumpster fire the pitcher position has been. Uh, some of those higher end, but not great closers have become very relevant. Like, uh, I mean, he got hurt in the, the all-star game, but Jordan Romano, he in my, like in my points leagues, he's very viable this year. Like if you want to put Jordan Romano in there instead of trying to, uh, figure out a streamer for each week. I have somebody that's doing that in my home league and it is going very well. He, he went the weird strategy of drafting four closers on his team. And I mean, he has one of the best scoring pitching rotations in our league, which is that's if you told me, if you told me you were going to do that coming into the year, I would have told you you were fucking nuts, but it's working. And it's because Guys like Corbin Burns have struggled. Alec Manoa has struggled. Sandy Alcantara has struggled. Shane McClanahan, McClanahan has been hurt. Like a lot of these guys that you thought you could count on, you can't really count on up to this point. And so, yeah, uh, just picking the waiver wire for those kind of specialty positions and players that you may not have looked at before becomes very important. Yeah, and like in my one league, saves plus holds is the category. So there's plenty of guys available that, 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 that in that category. So I'm just not – I haven't touched anyone. My relief pitcher spots are empty. I have like three or four different streaming spots that I just stream through for the week to try to get wins, try to get strikeouts. That's two categories you, you can try to win rather than just having those relievers. And, you know, come closer to playoff time, I'm going to cut two or three streaming spots, pick up a few save hold guys, and, you know, mm-hmm. probably win those matchups in the playoffs, hopefully. So – yeah, that's a thing to look at. Another thing to look at is um like the the real like the the their actual team. What's going to happen? Like these younger pitchers, Grayson Rodriguez, someone like him, Josiah Gray, mm-hmm. um other other young pitchers that might get shut down. Like they they might stop pitching by the time fantasy baseball playoffs roll around. Also um and and talking about closers, you know, closers that might get dealt. Closers that could go from being an elite closer mm-hmm. on on a middling team to a great setup man and that sure it's great for the team acquiring him but it's not good for you as a fantasy manager can't counting on that guy to get saves so that's something to look out for with the uh trade deadline coming up definitely stay abreast of that and uh get any any handcuffs you you possibly can any setup men for teams that might be looking to trade their closers 
off the top of my head, all I can think of is I think I've seen Bednar in Pittsburgh is possibly in rumors, but I'm sure there's going to be mm-hmm. other ones coming up. We'll, 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 we'll keep you guys abreast of that. Yeah, I mean, just throwing speculative stuff out there. Uh, the Mariners seem to be trending more towards buyers right now, and if that happens, it's likely that one of their top-tier uh, relievers is going to have to get dealt. And I'm going to tell you right now, Paul Seawald is good enough to be a closer on pretty much every team in baseball. Andres Munoz is good enough to be a closer on almost every team in baseball. My boy Matt Brash is probably good enough to be a closer on any team in baseball. So guys like that go from kind of obscurity a little bit to all of a sudden they're, they can be a prominent closer in a, a good lineup and they become very fantasy relevant. And let's be honest, you're not rostering Matt Brash in any leagues right now. For the most part, like I say that, and there's gonna be guys in like a 15 team, 40 man roster. I, no, I thought about picking him up in, in a 12 team league to get some uh, get some ratios because and he could pick uh, up like a, yeah, a rogue win here and there. That's good, rogue win, and the, the strikeout stuff is disgusting. Yeah. But I mean, outside of like little niche things like that, he all of a sudden becomes really good. And I, I keep trying to find a way to like the Mariners are in talks apparently with the Cardinals. Like they, they have some trade rumblings going on between us and the Cardinals. Uh, the rumor is the Mariners either want like Brendan Donovan or Nolan Gorman, who everybody knows. I just fucking love me some Nolan Gorman. Oh my fucking God. I'm going to edit that one out. Uh, but uh, yeah, the talks are trading for him and they like Logan Gilbert. I So it's likely going to take like a Logan Gilbert plus somebody else is probably a reliever and if if matt brash goes to the cardinals he's not gonna be their closer but uh, i don't really know where i was going with this i just wanted uh, the to thing talk is, uh, like, trade stuff. yeah like uh, i don't th- those trades you're talking about i don't know if trades like that happen during the season like it's in people talking about like oh what's a fair trade package for for otani what's it what's a fair trade package for anybody it's like you know unless it's like a rental you give a few prospects for like it, it just depends on what the team wants back so yeah there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces there. Um, also, a lot of moving pieces with the Circus Sports Contest. We're brought to you by Circus Sports. Uh, Circus Millions and Circus Survivor are back. There's $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circus Millions is five NFL picks against the spread each week. Or Circus Survivor, classic Survivor contest. Pick a different winner and move on. You do have to enter in Las Vegas, but you can play from anywhere during the season. Uh, the Sports Government Podcast guys will be out there the last weekend in August. Uh, so go to circusports.com for all the details. That's circusports.com. All right. So, Professor, uh, I would say drop Wade for uh, Torkelson is probably who I would say. I, I'm okay dropping Wade for Torkelson. I like Votto, but I, I think Wade and Votto are pretty similar. But I do like Torkelson the most of those three. So, yeah, if you drop Wade for Torkelson, I am down for that and since we were talking about trades there for a minute i gotta shout out matthew hennings on twitter who like right before we recorded this uh he sent me a message that said his fantasy trade deadline is in an hour and he had a question uh, i says i have jonathan india locked up cheap for the next two years he was offered manny machado straight up who would be a rental he would only have him until the end of this year and he said he should be a playoff bound but the two teams in front of him in the standings made moves to improve. I have to preface this by saying, Matthew, I absolutely love your league type. It is 
incredible. It's a league that has been going for 20 years. Uh, I love to hear about these these leagues that are decades old because for the longest time, fantasy baseball is kind of the redheaded stepchild. Nobody paid attention to fantasy baseball. So if you've been playing in a league since 2001, good on you, dude. Uh, it is a 15-team league that is a mix between like a keeper league uh, and they have like drafting and auctions and they like rent a house in the off season to do uh, live like auctions for players that have come available that their keeper contracts ran out. Cause I guess the contracts run out every couple years and then they're kind of open to everybody with the auction style. It, it sounds incredible. Uh, but Ryan, uh, if you were in his position, would you rather have for the rest of the year, would you have, rather have Jonathan India with two years left on his uh, keeper contract or Manny Machado that you only get for the rest of this season? I, I think if you're on on the fringe, not sure if you're going to even make the playoffs or like if this is going to put you over the top. I think yeah, you have to keep India and the Reds up and coming. He's going to be in the middle of that lineup for at least the next two years during during his contract there with De La Cruz, with Encarnacio Strand coming up. So, yeah, I think, you know, if, if you were, like, one piece away and you wanted to make that make that trade and you the third baseman pretty badly, maybe go for it. But I think, you know, at, at that point, I, I would stick with India. Do you know what he end, ended up doing? Has it, has a trade deadline hit yet? I, I think his trade deadline is up. I'll, I'll have to message him after the show. I think it's up. I told him that I would do the same thing you just said. I said, I think as good as Manny Machado is, and he really is rounding into form, Machado is the overall better player. But I told him India plays at a much thinner position, and he's one of the top options at a thinner position. So to have that plus two years of control on top of that, I think works out better in the long run for him than getting the rental in Machado. Uh, and I actually think Jonathan India is going to have a big second half. He's one of my favorite second half players this year. And so I think the production, I don't think it's going to be that crazy different between the two of them. And India has the speed factor too, which helps. But if you don't mind, I got to tell you some of this dude's team real quick because it is absurd. Uh, catcher, Will, Will, or sorry, catcher, Wilson Contreras. And then he's got Pete Alonso, Jonathan India, Max Muncy, Nico Horner, Christopher Morrell, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis. And Christian Walker to round out his starting lineup. Did he just want a complete Padre stack there <laughs> with Machado to go with Tatis and, and Soto? <laughs> he might just fully stack it out. Uh, on the yeah. bench, he's got Teoscar Hernandez, Jeremy Pena, Bryson Stott, and he's got Soderstrom in his minor spot, which I love. Uh, and then for pitching, Jose Barrios, Shane Bieber, Joe Ryan, Justin Steele, who we love on the show, Carlos Estevez, Kenley Jansen. And he's got Bryce Miller and Brandon Woodruff on the IL, who will both be back soon. Also, Matthew, your team is stacked, that's, my boy. That, that's a great team right there. Yeah, and yeah. Rock, I saw, Rock India. I saw Bryce Miller about coming back. I think the end, like the latter half of the Mariners rotation, so like probably early mm -hmm. next week. Yeah, uh, which will be really good, especially since, uh, like you talked about. <clears throat> kind of shoring up your rotation a little bit because some of these younger guys don't know what's going to happen happen to them later on in the year. Brian Brian Wu is a prime example of that. We love him around these parts. I did a good write-up on him like right after he got called up, essentially over at our Substack, fakebaseball.substack.com. Make sure you guys go check that out. We do have that second-half home run contest that is running until Monday. 
All you got to do is subscribe. Even the free subscription makes you eligible. And our latest post on there is about the contest. It's got a link in there. Go fill that out. But uh, Brian Wu has pitched like 77 innings or something so far this year. And the Mariners are talking about him having like a 115, maybe 120 innings cap, which means Brian Wu's probably got six more starts. Seven, maybe, depending on how long they go. And then they're they're not like winding him down into like a bullpen roll. He's just he's hitting the 115, 120, and he's shut down for the year. And so as good as he is right now, he all he almost becomes a better trade target because you you're going to need to fill in that spot. Like trade away. Like trade, trade away. away. Okay, yes. Trade, yes. Yeah. Trade away. Uh, unless you're in like a dynasty league, like just keep him because he'll be excellent for next year. Uh, he also has been rumored to be in that Cardinals trade. There's rumors that he might be somebody the Cardinals are targeting. But yeah, so like that's that is a uh, position in your lineup that at some point is just going to become a flat zero for the rest of the year. Like he's going to contribute mm-hmm. nothing after he gets shut down. And then you are going to scramble in like mid-August trying to figure out who the hell can I pick up to try and fill in. So taking advantage of that now, whether that be trading him away to somebody else or just preemptively picking up somebody early, like right now that's pretty widely available, uh, is probably your best bet moving forward. Um, Are you... I love trade talk, man. Are you... um, uh, the kind of person that like tries to sneak a trade in right before the trade deadline to uh, kind of shore up your spot for the, the playoffs or, or are you kind of a let it ride? Absolutely. I feel like that's like the only time that people in, in one of my leagues are like very active with trade. So yeah, that, that's especially in the key in the keeper league that because that, our trade deadline, I think is in August. So it's like, it's like by that point, you know, if you're making the playoffs, you know, if you're going for it or not. So you can, if you're, if you're, if you're buying, you can go to a seller and try to, you know, vice versa. Yeah, I think trading is huge in fantasy baseball and should be should mm-hmm. be done more often. I was very excited to see your trade with, with Matt in, in the, our, our league. <laughs> I think there's a there's another one for one swap going that went down today. Uh, Bader for uh, somebody. Bader for Horner. Bader for Horner. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Good decent swap there. Yeah. Uh, but but uh switching, switching gears here a little bit so just saw an hour ago uh Trey Cabbage uh, a prospect for the Los Angeles Angels left-handed hitting power hitter was 26 26 years old was was called up um he is not in the ESPN or Yahoo player pool but he's been killing the ball so far so far at AAA 81 games he has 23 home runs hitting 287 uh last year at AA in 30 games he had 10 home runs hitting 327 um OPS over one. Sorry, hitting 287 this year, but yeah, it's still good. I imagine he'll get a good crack in that lineup with uh with Trout out. I think Drury's still out. I think Rendon might be back. But yeah, um is he someone do you think he could be like a Joey Manessis type? I'm not sure if you had even heard of him before before now. Uh I'm gonna be honest, hadn't heard of him before <laughs> now, but uh Joey Manessis type, I don't know. Just because I said I've never heard of him, but I I saw the stats that I wanted to see. Um, I don't know if I can call him a Joey Manessis type. I, I like the power-speed combo that he has, but he is a big strikeout guy, which he has a strikeout rate in the minors, very reminiscent to uh, Tyler Soderstrom, who we talked about yesterday mm-hmm. for the Oakland Athletics. 
very similar, but he has a very high line drive rate. His line drive rate uh, this year, 24%. Love to see that. Last year in AA, 31%. Uh, 2021 in AA, 26%. And if you guys have been listening to the show, you know that one of my favorite things to key in on for these prospects when they get called up is line drive rate. A high line drive rate leads to a higher BABIP, which leads to a higher batting average. Line drive rate is something that does translate from the minor league level to the major league level. Power doesn't always translate. Speed translates a little bit, but Line drive rate is key. If they can't hit line drives in the minors, they're not going to magically show up at a major league in a major league lineup and start hitting the 30% line drive rate. So getting a guy like this, who's got speed and he's got some pop and a high line drive rate. I think he is worth a look in like 12 team or deeper leagues. Cause there could be some good value there. Yeah. I think that he's someone that definitely could be, could be picked up in, in deeper leagues or, you know, if you're just looking for a little bit of power, cause that seems like what he's going to, we're going to bring, I think we're just called up today, so he's not in the lineup tonight. But hopefully, we'll see where he's batting over the weekend. We can uh, revisit it next week. Um, we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, so somebody that I want to talk about before we go further to is Clayton Kershaw. Uh, There was some news that came out. He went on the IL on July 3rd with a shoulder issue. Uh, He just got a cortisone shot in that shoulder and got told that he needs to just sit back and let it heal. So he is weeks away. They're thinking mid to late August is when he may be back. Uh, that worries me a little bit uh, because just like in an oblique injury with a hitter worries me because it kind of zaps their power. Getting a cortisone shot in the shoulder for a pitcher is not ideal. Prime example, Kyle Wright won, what, 21 games last year? For the Atlanta Braves, came into spring training. Shoulder was a little weak, so they gave him a cortisone shot because he was having some shoulder issues. And Kyle Wright hasn't done a damn thing this year. Not saying that Clayton Kershaw is not going to do anything going forward. This is just kind of the... This is very Clayton Kershaw-esque, getting hurt at some point in the year and spending an extended period of time on the injured list. But this one does like actually worry me because I don't like cortisone shots in the shoulder for a pitcher, especially in the middle of the year. Uh, Do you have Kershaw at all? Or how are you, how would you be handling Kershaw going forward? I don't have Kershaw. I'm I'm seeing today, uh, a few hours ago, Kershaw said he doesn't, doesn't hurt when he throws, but the doctor recommended more rest. I think this is another situation. Like we talked about with judge where the Dodgers, I mean, they're no, they know they're making the playoffs. So they're, they're, they're two and a half games up in the division, two and a half games up in the wild card. Barring a collapse, you know, they're looking for the for the postseason, and that's what Kershaw wants. Kershaw wants to make mm-hmm. sure he pitches pitch in the postseason. So I think with a pitcher, they're going to play it safer than the Yankees will with Judge or like um, the Angels or Trout or something like that. But 
Yeah, if I if I had Kershaw, I would probably be trying to move him unless I was in a position where, you know, I'm in a playoff spot and, you know, maybe I want him for the fantasy baseball playoffs because he's been fantastic when he, when he's pitched this season. He had five straight quality starts. Uh he had nine two nine strikeout games. He's four and two this season. He has 105 strikeouts and 95 innings. Like he he is Clayton Kershaw when he's pitching. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of you don't know how much he's going to be pitching. So I would try to move him. Um, or, you know, on the flip side, if, if you're in first place, if you're locked up and you just want possibly a little bit a little bit of a boost for the playoffs, you know, see if you can get him cheap. But I, I would probably be be selling Kershaw right now just because I think the Dodgers are focusing on the, the actual playoffs. I completely agree with that. And this actually leads me into uh, this is a big moment for us you're unaware of it it's not really like a huge moment but so we started this show at the beginning of september last season i think it was like september 8th i don't remember how i remember that but it was like september 8th and one of the first things that we talked about on this show was how do you handle injuries at the end of a fantasy season going into the playoffs and so i would like to discuss with you ryan (laughs) In this new season, for the first time, we're going to cover something that we covered last season that is not a player. At this point in the season, at the very beginning of the second half, does your strategy with dealing with injured players, like say like a Tyro Estrada who's going to be out six weeks, somebody who's been very fantasy relevant this year, at this point, are you still finding any way possible to get that person on the injured list or do you start to get more and more kind of trigger happy with uh might have to cut bait and bring somebody else in because he's going to miss so much time with the playoffs coming up yeah i mean it's a case-by-case basis but if your il spots are filled if you don't have an il spot in your league and and you have someone like an estrada like a jazz chisholm like a onio cruz even like like how much longer do you want to hold on to those guys i feel like Give it till the end of July and, and get those updates. I mean, definitely take it case by case where you are in your standings, where you need to be, where you're looking to be. But yeah, I'm not going to panic too much yet. I, I still think there's what, probably six or seven weeks left in the in the regular season. So you have some, some time to moon over there. So hopefully you have an IL spot. But, but if not, you know what, maybe try to move him before you cut bait. But there are certain players that you know, if they're hurt, Probably just cut bait on. I think like like Brandon Drury, so, someone like that. Just mm-hmm. you can probably cut. But yeah, Estrada has been really good and does have that what, second base shortstop outfield eligibility. So case by case basis. But I, I do lean more now to to cutting bait. You know, wait wait a week or two. It depends how long they're out. But but, but yeah, I, I am more open to cutting bait now. Yeah, I think if you're if you're already a, like a playoff team. Because, I mean, in my home league, uh, the guy that's in first place, it's not me, unfortunately. The guy that's in first place is like, I think he's about to be 10 and 1. He's already locked up a playoff spot. Like, if that's you listening to this and you're in that situation, you have a little more leeway with some of these injured players that are not helping your team at all right now. Like, you don't need to hold Tyro Estrada at this point. Like, you can, like, you know what? Let me get somebody else that's going to help me to stay locked in for this first place spot. But, uh, but no, if you're, I, I think the opposite of that. If you're in first really? place and you know you have a playoff spot locked up, you can hold those guys on your roster if you think they're going to be valuable in September. Ah, that's true. That's true. 
Yeah, because like, that's if, true. Because yeah, you if you're to, if you need to work your way up, then yeah, cut cut bait on those guys and get someone that can help you win these next three, four to six weeks while that guy's out. That is true. You got me on that one. That, and you know what the worst part is? Like, I, I realized it as I was saying it. But yeah, if, if you're in first place, yeah, you have the more leeway. If you're completely out of the playoffs at this point, hold him if you want. Like he, he might come back. But if you're still fighting for a playoff, if you're one of those middle middle of the road teams, guys like Tyro Estrada are somebody that you're going to need to help you make that playoff push when he comes back. So you have to be more locked into finding a way to keep them on your roster. Going forward, I'm just using Tyro Estrada as an example because he's somebody that uh, I just had to think about this with yesterday when I was going over my roster preparing for games to happen today. I have Tyro Estrada in my home league, kept him. I'm I'm like nine and nine and two, doing well for myself. So I found a way to just I didn't even put him on the IL because all my IL spots are taken. I just kept him on the bench because I don't. It's a weekly points league. And I can afford to just have a, a guy that's hurt on my bench. I'm I'm cool with it. But there are other other examples of that. Like you mentioned on Neil Cruz. Let's be honest, if you've held on Neil Cruz this long, you might as well just keep holding him. There's no reason to just all of a sudden now, like three, four weeks before he starts making a, uh, his way back. There's no reason now to get rid of him. And I just want to point out, I'm so ready for him to come back. I'm not even a fucking Pirates fan or any of that. <laughs> I just want a game that has O'Neal Cruz versus Ellie De La Cruz because they're in the same division. They're going to mm-hmm. play each other. It's going to be electric. Like I, I'm, I will watch every one of those games, and I, I don't want to say I have nothing riding on those because I do have a pretty decent sized bet on the Reds to win the division. So I have been watching a lot more Reds games lately. But uh, going forward, uh, yeah, it just. Be mindful of how long a player is going to be out when they're injured and how badly do you need to wait on them. If you don't need to wait on them, hold on to them. But we are reaching the point of the season where it starts to become more okay to drop some of these guys in favor of somebody that's actually going to contribute to your team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have Cruz in my keeper league, so I, I am hoping he uh, he gets healthy and I can trade him for a piece to uh, secure a championship this year. So I, I'm excited for him to come back as well. Uh, but outside of that, let's get into a couple of uh, streaming options for the weekend because baseball is back, baby. And if you're listening to this, it's probably Saturday. Shout out to the Friday listeners, but it's probably Saturday. So we got a, a couple Saturday and Sunday streaming options for you guys. Ryan has been killing it with his deep league streamer write-ups that he has been doing over on our Substack, fakebaseball.substack.com. If you want to check those out. So Ryan... Who you got your eye on for Saturday? Yeah, people have been I've been loving those, looking at those like 10%, 5% rostered guys. Uh, I got one 6% rostered uh, in Yahoo, Steven Matz for the Cardinals going against the Nationals um, at home. Matz has been very up and down this season, but his last start in Chicago against the White Sox, uh, no runs, five and a third innings. He had nine strikeouts there. So Nationals are not good. I think uh, and the Cardinals aren't good either, but Steven Matz, in, in the deepest of leagues, he should be available, and he has capability of, of putting up you know, some good strikeout numbers. I think he could possibly get you a quality start. Maybe, you know, may, maybe not quite get that far, but you know, possibly get you a win as well because the Cardinals 
are better than the Nationals, even though they are are kind of disappointing. So that's my that's my deep league guy. And I also don't hate Jake Irvin for the Nationals against the Cardinals. There, he's a two percent rostered. I think I wrote about him on one of my other things on the Substack. He's been very solid. Hasn't really blown up in his past five starts. So yeah, I think both of those guys are, are great options for deep deep leagues. Uh, I love those. I'm a big Steven Matz fan, which is weird. Uh, I loved him back in the Mets days, and it's just kind of carried over to to the Cardinals. Uh, but somebody that I'm keyed in on for Saturday is going to be my boy Ranger Suarez for your Philadelphia yes. Phillies. I seem to mention him a lot. I know he has struggled in his last two starts against Miami and the Nationals, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't really care. Uh, he's playing against San Diego. And they have on paper a good lineup, but San Diego hasn't been that great of a team this year. Uh, they are very strikeout prone. And you can get to them. If you get to them early, they kind of get in their own head a little bit and they can struggle over the course of a year. And Suarez is a guy that you really only need him to go out there and put up a just go put up a quality start for you. And he can he can strike out six or seven. He's got a great sinker good curveball and he mixes in a good fastball and some other pitches in there too so he's got the stuff to keep san diego on their toes and i think he makes it an excellent option for saturday yeah and that's a uh, double header there so I, I could see that that's uh game two i believe he's starting so I, you could see maybe some of the padres stars taking a seat there against the lefty mm-hmm. in the second game but yeah suarez ha- has definitely been good there also want to note on steven Matz, uh he was in the bullpen for a while before making that last start was in the bullpen from uh, May 29th to July 5th, and he was solid. He had a 2.81 ERA in 16 innings, so he kind of settled down a bit, and this is a, a good chance for him to get back on track against uh, Washington. Yeah, who you got for uh, who you got for Sunday? Uh, I don't didn't look at. I had it for Sunday, but one more for Saturday. Uh, uh, I feel like go. I mentioned mentioned him a lot. Is Kyle Gibson of the Orioles? Uh, he's been. Better, better than not in, in most of his starts. Uh, he did have two bad starts recently against the Reds and your Mariners, but uh, three quality starts in his last six games. His last start, seven innings, 11 strikeouts, and a win against the, the Twins. Uh, going against the Fish uh, there in Baltimore. So hopefully he can get a, a, a win at home with some strikeouts. He's rostered in 4 to 3% of the league, so he may not be available uh, if, in your league. Uh, I've got one for you guys for... Sunday, I, I see when we do these streaming option option ones, I seem to give a lot of the same guys because they always seem to be pitching the next day after we record these episodes. Uh, the next guy's name would be Ben Lively. You've probably heard mm, wow. me say his name before. Crazy, right? Uh, he's going against Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, they're they're fighting for the division lead right now. The Reds have a little bit of a leg up on Milwaukee, but I mean. In Lively's last game out, it was against Milwaukee. He went five and two-thirds, gave up one run, struck out five. Uh, and he faced him earlier in the year, too. He went seven innings, gave up five runs. That one wasn't so great, but you love to see seven innings. But he's a guy. He's got he's got the excellent pitch mix. He's got a good fastball. He's got an incredible slider. And he's, he's a guy that throws the sinker up in the zone, which you don't seem to see a lot outside of when you play MLB The Show. That's everybody's favorite pitch. <laughs> At least it was last year. Yeah. The 102 mile an hour sinker with outlier at the top of the zone, which 
gave me nightmares. But yeah, he 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 has a good pitch mix, and the Reds are known to just let their starters go. Like you go throw 100, 110 pitches. Even like I said, in the one game, he gave up five runs in seven innings. He gave up five runs early, and they still let him go seven innings. So he's going to get you the innings. And I honestly think this is a. I'm just gonna put, I'm gonna put it out there because I've been doing pretty good at this. I'm saying Lively's going seven innings, giving up two runs, and he's gonna strike out seven Milwaukee Brewers. He's gonna walk a couple, maybe two or three walks in there, but he's gonna get you a quality start. Gonna get you a handful of strikeouts, what you're looking for. I can't promise a win. I hope they win. I'm not gonna promise that, but I think he's for sure gonna get you a quality start on Sunday. And that'd be a good way to end your fantasy week. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that uh, 100, 100 mile per hour sinker because I did look ahead to Sunday. Bobby Miller is starting against the, against the Mets. He's rostered in 58% of leagues, but he's been he's been shaky recently, so he might be available in your league than just running down uh, Jack Flaherty versus Josiah Gray. I think that's a that's a good matchup there for for both sides. I mean, you can pick up either of them. They've both been solid. And then uh, Seth Lugo against the Phillies. I think Seth Lugo has been incredible as a starter this year for the Padres. So I think that's a I think he's been very overlooked. He's only rostered in a third of Yahoo League. So I think he'd probably be mm. my, the main guy that I would I would say to pick up for, for Sunday. Do love me some Seth Lugo. He's, he has been sneaky good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one more thing I want to highlight before we get out of here. Uh, I did do my weekly planner article for Fantasy Pros. I wrote it late last night as I slaved away at my computer <laughs> when everybody in the house is asleep but me and I should have been sleeping. I got it all written up for next week. Me and Ryan will dive deeper into that probably in our next episode on Sunday or Monday. But I need to tell you guys this right now. The only Dodgers players that I like for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Outside of that, I cannot confidently say that you should be starting any of the others. Max Muncy scares me. David Peralta scares me. James Outman scares me everybody scares me because they are facing the new york not so good mets but uh they're going up against justin verlander kodai singa and max scherzer in back-to-back-to-back games and the last thing you really want to be doing when you're starting people at the uh, this is the end of some people's weeks or the beginning of others depending on what format you're in in espn leaks this is the end of week 14 the last thing you want to be doing is trying to start guys that are facing back-to-back-to-back pitchers that are on a roll like that because that could really really do some damage to your lineup and your chances to win. So if you can look elsewhere for some production this weekend outside of the Dodgers, I would just because that is a really tough matchup and you don't see very often teams having to face like three pitchers like that over the weekend, back to back to back. So be wary of Dodgers for this weekend. Yeah, that's a good call out there. I mean, you, you might want to use you look at Dodgers players like, oh, let's just start the Dodgers players. But yeah, you got you got to look at pitching matchups when when you're putting your lineup together, no matter what. And that, that's a good call out there. Yeah, and another good call out would be for you guys to go follow us over again at the Substack fake fake if you subscribe over there, whether it's a free or a paid subscription, you only got to subscribe paid if you if you love the work that we're doing for you guys. Uh, it kind of helps us out to continue what we're doing. Go check that out. We got a contest. You'll win a free paid subscription to the Substack. Get all the extra little juicy content. Plus, uh, you'll win a 2022 Tops Chrome 
gilded rose kevin gossman auto out of 25 from my baseball card collection be sent straight to you and also make sure you guys follow us on twitter at fake baseball twitch and youtube at fake baseball money make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review if you love what you hear from us that also goes a long way to helping us continue to be able to do that and you can catch me on twitter at balake b-u-h-h-l-o-c-k-a-y-e and you can follow me on twitter at r gilbert s-o-p we'll catch you guys next time see ya Oh,